on MMA FanCast as we get ready for UFC 210 coming from Buffalo, New York. We have a championship match. Daniel Corrier will defend his title, the title he won against Anthony Rumble Johnson. He now defends against Anthony Johnson. We talk about Chris Weidman and Gegard Mousasi. Who's going to come out of this? Chris Weidman, can he come back from those two most devastating recent losses? We cover the entire main card, fight by fight. Join us. And we also talk about Conor McGregor and will he ever fight UFC again. Join us right now on MMA FanCast. Gentlemen, we'd like to welcome you back to MMA FanCast. It's another great week of MMA action, of UFC 210 action, as we look forward to this Saturday night in Buffalo, New York. We plan on seeing amazing and wonderful things. Welcome to MMA FanCast. My name is Ryan Middleton. I am the host here, the host with the most. And we have a jam-packed fight card heading up this weekend. I am joined today by a man who needs no introduction. Don't, don't introduce me. He needs... I mean, you smell him come into the mm-hmm. room, and that's why he doesn't need an introduction. As a matter of fact, we've had podcast landers out there that have written into the show saying how they could smell him through their earphones. Interesting. Yeah, it, it's true, and it's also he also happens to be, and I'm I'm very proud to say this, one of the oldest human beings that has ever graced the earth and so ladies and gentlemen let me introduce to you the man the legend jim sahara mooney okay so what am i supposed to say i think you know what the usual saying. is what's up What's up? What's up? That's all that you need to say. Actually, that's... show's over? The sh- no, the show's not over. Thank you for listening. You're part we'll be back of, next week. <laughs> your part of the show is over. That's all... The, your worth has been fulfilled. I have great worth, though. Well, I don't know about all of that. Ladies and gentlemen, um, we are really fired up for this weekend. You know, even though this is certainly... If it wasn't for my travel schedule, this is certainly a a card we would be we would be looking to leave for Buffalo in the in like the next tomorrow. Yeah, we would be looking to head on over to Buffalo. But you decided. Um, well, I'm going to go on a boat. This was booked before UFC. I'm going on a boat, and so yeah. We would be there. However, our hearts are going to be there. Mm. We will be there in spirit. 
And um, we, I'm really looking forward to this card. I mean, top of the card's very, very, very strong. And um, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that. And you know, there's a there's a fight kind of wedged in the middle of the of the main card that's kind of you know a, a fight that maybe be out of a little out of place. But um, the UFC made the decision to to book that fight and place it right in the middle of the of the main card. And so we'll see how that turns out for them. I know that uh, Cynthia Calvillo. Um, really benefited them for them and her de- UFC debut Ian, just a debut, month ago, yeah. and so we'll we'll talk more about that in a little bit. But um, exciting stuff! How how how's life, Sahara? How's it going? Very very busy. Very busy. Yeah. Um, let's see. This was Saturday. Elizabeth probably, my daughter. She probably won't be listening to this podcast. <clears throat> she listens to all the other ones, but I'm gonna not let her listen to this one for good reason. Um, my wife went up to, uh, you know, to tuck Elizabeth into bed, and she's sitting there talking to her for a couple minutes. So when is this? What day is this? This would have been, I think this was. No, this was Sunday. Sunday evening. Okay, so within so, the last couple of days. Yeah. So, Jen comes down. She said Elizabeth fell asleep like that, you know, really quick. This and, is what, three in the morning? Yeah. Okay. So, she comes down and um, and says, I think you need to get your trap out again. And she's referring to a, a trap I have for small animals um, where we had an issue in the past and this, like, flying squirrel creature got into our somehow into the closet in our bedroom um and after you're saying there's an unknown species in your house that's not named well yeah sahara it's um it's got these bug eyes it looks like it's kind of like a cross between a squirrel and a bat it's just, it's an odd creature. You need to name this species. I mean, is this a new discovery? It is Creaturus baticus squirrelus. So I think that's t- the... Uh, Technical term. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think that you just made that up right now. Is actually what I was thinking. Well, the squirrelus part, yeah. I think it's something else. But Creaturus baticus is right. Okay. The well, squ- squirrelus, is, I think, is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. So... So this thing is... What does that have to do with Elizabeth not being able to listen to the podcast? Because I went up um, the next... No, actually, when did... Yeah, I went, so I went up um, the next afternoon when I got home from work. So this is Monday after work. Um, she said she thought that the squirrel was in there because cats were acting funny. They were staring right at the door. And there would have been no reason for them to stare at the door because it's it's in the corner of her bedroom. Like her bedroom's got a long hallway that leads into her bedroom, and then it's kind of to the left, and then she's got like a longer area that borders a long attic that runs the side of her house. And there's a door that leads into the attic, and so the cats were staring 
right at this door. And, you know, my wife thought, that's odd. So she walked over, opened up the door, and she said she immediately shut it because she heard this, like, fluttering and thought that maybe it was a bird. So she came down and said, this is what I think it is. I went up um, after work the next day. I put the trap in there. I didn't see anything in there. And then that night, so this is actually, this was, that happened Saturday night, and then Sunday evening is when I went up and, uh, and set the trap. So she comes down after um, Elizabeth fell asleep Sunday evening and says, I heard the trap door shut. I'm like, okay, well, I'll get it in the morning. And now she's like, you got to go get it now. It's going to be cold. I said, Jen, this is an outdoor creature. They live outdoors. If he wants to go in and eat the peanut butter in a trap, and he's got food that he can eat all night, I'll take care of him in the morning. So um, the couple that I had caught a while ago, um, she just she didn't want me to relocate them. I didn't want any chance of them getting back into our house. And I said, I need to take it to a, um, we'll get to the UFC stuff. In yeah, just I'm, I'm like, really? The... So to make a long story short. No, no you've already made Creature a long story Creature is Baticus is now living three miles from its original home. I had to take it out to Hartwood Acres, and I took it to this big oak tree and watched it scurry I'm still up. waiting for it to tie to Elizabeth listening to the podcast. Okay. If she can you, knew, can you do this in a, like under yeah, thirty seconds? I could do it in ten seconds. If okay. she knew that there was a squirrel anywhere in the house, she she there's no way she would go back into her bedroom if she knew there was a squirrel in her attic. At, at any point in time, at it, she would not even if go it, back it was, in. It, it's gone. She knows it's been it's three miles away. She's not going back in. Nope. There's no way. So every podcast, I'm going to talk about that now, and then you just can't let her listen well, to Well, really, the one that I have to protect now is Jake. Jakey. Yeah, Jakey. Jakey Bubba. If he says anything to Elizabeth, I he will get a pummeling. Not from me, not from my wife, his mother, but from Elizabeth for not telling him or telling her when it was originally in the house. So he's just in a, like, he's in a, I need to keep my mouth shut he, situation. And he's well aware of that, yeah. Yeah. So she will literally beat the crap out of him. She's will a very she, strong girl. Will she do any, like, MMA moves? Have you taught her any, you know, any Muay Thai, any holds, any. She, um, she any would be. Uh, Muay Thai. Muay Thai. Ever okay. since she was probably like a year she was always a kicker and she's got she's got long legs she's a soccer player and a dancer and so let me ask you this was on this happened sunday night right was there any wrestlemania going on in the mooney household on sunday night no it was no actually a calm night no i'm saying the wrestlemania was on sunday night. no there, there wasn't jake okay. he mentioned it but yeah then he got caught up. He had a uh, project that he had to finish. Yeah, WrestleMania may, was was watched in the Middleton, in the Middleton house. So <coughs> we normally would have we were scheduled to 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 
record this podcast, our UFC 210 preview episode, episode 25. This was scheduled for Sunday evening. We were going to do it probably during WrestleMania or maybe real a real late one. I think WrestleMania went on goes it's like a marathon now. Mm-hmm. But we would have probably done it during WrestleMania. And um, we had a special guest that was lined up and here so here's what happened. Um, I on Saturday evening started feeling not so well. And from Saturday evening at about nine o'clock at night until Monday morning at about six ish, um, I was bedridden. I didn't get out of bed except to use the bathroom. And so that was about half the time, um, unfortunately. And, uh, and so it was a long night for me. So I was not able to record the podcast at that time. And we, we are going to have to reschedule, um, our, our special guest who was scheduled to come in here, James Fleming, um, a, a legendary, um, collegiate wrestling name um people that follow collegiate wrestling know this person very well um many coaches in collegiate ncaa wrestling know him very well he's pretty much had a move named after him and a move made illegal by him and he has made his way to the mma wait it was illegalized right yes it was, it was illegalized yeah that's that's really witty uh, we, well, no, we discussed it on 24. Yeah, I know. It was illegalized. Yeah. And just, you're trying to mock me I would never mock it you. was illegalized. As a matter of fact, it, speaking of mocking, we, we're not doing uh, video podcasts yet. That's something that may come down the road. Yeah, we're, um, we're hoping we are able to, you know, we're, we're going to have to keep the camera off of Dactyl, though, when he's here. Because, I mean, we want people to continue to, like, to watch it and not, like, have eye issues, problems. Well, he has a face for podcasting. Correct. For, no, he he has a face for audio podcasting only. Audio only. Yeah. But Mr. Dactyl, Mr. Dactyl was not able to be here tonight. What was he doing tonight? Um, probably, he, he, he he does have a kid. How many kids does he have? He has a kid. He has one, yeah. All, yes. Yes. all one kid. Yes. They're only two to one ratio. Two adults to one kid. Yeah, and that's it. Okay, well, how old's the kid? Well, it's a year. How old's the, how old are the adults? Well, well <laughs> that's a good question. How, okay, how old are the parents? I should say that. Not yeah, adults. so they're in there, yeah. 30, mid-30s? Uh, Early 30s? So the kid rules the roost. Is raising these parents he's raising yes. terry so looking at the main card of ufc 210 we have uh in the first bout we have will brooks longtime bellator competitor uh made his way over to the ufc and he's really looking to avenge his uh his first defeat in a couple years it was to Alex Oliveira, and uh, and now he's going up against Charles Oliveira, where who are not related, um, but he lost um, in October, and now um, 
Charles Oliveira has re- has fought his entire career at featherweight, and he's actually missed weight four times in the past. I don't know five or five or so years, five or six years, and so this is actually his first scheduled lightweight fight, and um, facing Will Brooks is certainly um, no easy task. Uh, no, um, he's he's got his hands full, that's for sure. Now, what's interesting about what you talked about? The Oliveras, are we saying that right? Oliveira. We have, yeah, Oliveira. Um, we got to You're see Alex. Me how to say something correctly. Yes. I'm sorry about that for you. We have to put a montage together. Of, of your said wrong? Yeah, your name, pronunciations. Cormier. Dead on. Dead on. So that one we'll have to throw out. Yeah, I can't do that one because I'm perfect with that one. The only one that you're good at is Khabib's last name. Or Mega Madoff. Yeah, that's it. And I think it's because you're choking I, on something, trying to clear your throat at the same time. I, no, that's not true. I've said <clears throat> quite a few people's names correctly, like Fedor Emelianenko. He's been around for like. 50-some years. 50-some years. He's not even 50-some years old. I'll be 50 in September. MMA is not even 50 years old. You'll be 50 in September? 50 in September. See, this is what I'm talking about. You don't even... You you lie on the podcast. 50 in September. That's a blatant lie. You know you're 85 in September. Okay. So, listen here, Sonny. Don't try to pull over our audience. I mean, come on. Are you going to be there? for In September? Yeah. Are you having a or, or are you going on, you're going to be on a boat in September? You know what we could do in September is we'll have a, a MMA fan cast bash at whatever pay-per-view is in September. When's your birthday? It's the day 10th. It's a Sunday. It's a Sunday. It's a so Sunday. Saturday night the Sunday, 9th. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. If there's a UFC pay-per-view, we will um, we will have that be Sahara's Bash. And we'll invite all of our fans from MMA FanCast to join us. So you'll have to talk with Jen because I asked her what she had planned for me. And she said she's not telling me. So it's probably nothing. No one's... Listen, you really think that multiple people are going to plan anything for you? Like, what delusional world are you living in? Let me ask you this. How many previous birthdays have been planned for you? How many? Just, is it that many? Or zero? 49. No, how many parties have been planned? Okay, parties. Um... Well, she threw a surprise party for me on my 40th. Um, okay. You're you're now... And... Listen, I know... Listen, 30th, I believe. On your 40th... That was 45 years ago since your last birthday party. I know but this... You're doing this common core math stuff, aren't you? No, that's 45... 
plus 40 is 85, and you're 85 this year. Okay. Sahara Mooney, 85 years old. Okay, so Will Brooks and Alex Oliveira, I mean, I'm, I'm just happy to see, or no, Charles Oliveira. Yeah, yeah. I'm just happy to see Charles Oliveira. And, and you know how I've been about guys that are missing weight and the regularly don't make weight. Yeah, we've been all, all over that. I mean, and it's just, uh, it's it's really bad for the sport. It, it And now it's to a point where um, guys, like, I would, if I was UFC, I would have never let it get to this point. Like, book him at 155. It's where he belongs. If he can't make 145 two times, three times, now, and then four, like, I would never book him at 45 again. It, it just... His frame, I don't see how I can handle Just look at the, the trouble that... Um, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but the trouble that Khabib had, where... It's Habib. But either one of them. Yeah. They, they both... both guys. Yeah, both guys had all kinds of trouble making 155 to the point where he's in the hospital, and I don't even think that... The UFC doctors could have saved that fight well, based on Dana the reports. Seems to think there's a pretty decent chance they could have. Well, they'd have been told early enough. Maybe, maybe, but you know, with no blood getting to his liver, it's happened in the past. So that's just one example of a fighter who I think should be moving up to the next weight class, so that you're not hindering or holding back the you know the uh, weight class of division you want to fight in yeah well if you're looking for the division not to be held back then there's a lot of work that has to be done because you know there's a lot of concern that conor mcgregor may never fight in that weight class or in the ufc ever again yeah and as big of a fan as i am for mcgregor you know, some of the things that he's starting to do now, or I don't want to say irk me, but I think he needs to take care of boxing, and then that's it, no matter what happens. What do you mean, and then that's it? And, and get back to the UFC. Yeah. Um, because otherwise, it just, the well, UFC is going to become a joke. The problem is, if he makes, if he, if he, if he makes this fight and he makes $100 million... Is his motivation gone? There you go. What motivation would would he have? Well, look at Floyd Mayweather. He has plenty of motivation. He kept. I mean, he was making hundred million dollars not in a fight, but you know, over the course of a year or two, um, and he kept the motivation. True. Um, but that was an older older athlete yeah you know he got to his uh like late uh th- mid mid 30s is when he really um cashed in but the, uh, isn't like his legacy like the pride and all of that isn't that part of his desire to i mean if he comes back and he builds up and he's can be looked at historically as building mma up to exceed 
to be in a position to start to exceed the levels that boxing reached with like Pacquiao and Mayweather or to be that sport that it's such a giant um, to take it to that really next level isn't that a motivation? I would think so, yeah. I mean, you look at fighters from the very beginning and the styles that they, the way that they fought, the style, um, not just the uh, the form that they fought with, whether they were wrestler, you know, who knew a little bit of uh, jiu-jitsu or some other uh, martial arts form or strictly a BJJ guy. Um, I don't know if we could take those athletes from the very beginning and plug them in and see them have the same success. So you got to look at them like where Connor is right now and what's going on with the UFC. He's bringing fans in and a lot more attention to what's going on. What Rousey did for the women's division, you know, she may have been passed up talent-wise or overall talent um, but what she did you can't take it away from her so what Connor is doing I think would be on par with that but I feel like it's getting to be this celebrity status more than the athlete and I don't know if that's what the UFC wants really from any of their fighters where they become too big for the sport. Well, remember, he's only three months removed from UFC 205, and we're already saying that he's not concentrating on mixed martial arts. Right. I mean, I mean do you think he's concentrating? On, well, well, obviously we right he, now, because we of the boxing We knew he was match. taking time off, though. Right. That's the thing. We knew he, was, he wasn't going to be fighting for a while. So the guy's keeping his name real relevant. <laughs> it, Exciting! He's keeping people talking about him. Um, at the beginning of all of this, we all thought that you know that Mayweather and McGregor was not something that was very realistic, and now we're starting to realize that it is. But that doesn't mean that he's not taking it seriously. What indication do we have from Conor McGregor in his MMA world? I would say zero indication. Correct. Yeah, I mean, this is just, you know, speculation and just opinion talk right now, like what's going on in his head and what the motivation is it going to be there with that kind of dough sitting in his bank account. See, I don't know. I think he has a lot of uh, things he can still accomplish. I think there's a lot on the table for him to to do, to become – a three division champ to do I mean he can still do great and legendary things mm-hmm. um, and I think he wants that stuff I think he wants to be looked at as a guy that revolutionized the sport I, I think he wants to be looked at as a guy that forever changed the face of MMA forever changed the, the company and he wants ownership in the company and that's a healthy thing uh, you have ownership in a company, and you know it makes a big difference um, in not only that you're making money from it, but that you're indirect, you're directly in you know involved in 
the success of the yeah. company. So your drive to do better is even greater. So his his haters would say, or not would say, but what they're saying now is that he's a joke and he's not. He's he's putting um, a bad shining a bad light onto the UFC and it's now becoming the fighters who are calling their fights. You know, they have their own call-outs and they're all trying to achieve this celebrity status and um, become a big name outside of the octagon. You know, they would say he hasn't defended his belts. Um, He's moving on to boxing right now. But on the flips, you know, and and that's they're saying that's all bad for the UFC. But on the flip side, the UFC gave him the title shot at 155, so it's not like they weren't aware of what was going on. They were obvious. I mean, to them, they saw that this would be a big draw to have a potential two division title holder then but but so i would argue so i'm so what i'm saying is the naysayers the haters don't really have any leg to stand on with their argument because the ufc has been behind every single thing that he has done when it comes to the sport they're allowing him to seek this boxing match they were okay with him taking time away for his girlfriend's pregnancy they let him step up and fight at 155 for the title they've been behind all of that he's had their blessing for each one of those so the the haters don't have anything to to say that you know the UFC is going to say well yeah maybe you're right yeah well, I think it all comes back to it's all pure speculation. I mean, we can sit here and, and think that, oh, this is his mindset, this is his... And to be honest with you, the longer the, the Mayweather fight doesn't get booked, the less convinced I am that it is that close to happening. I was just going to go there because look how long, years in the making before uh, Mayweather fought Pacquiao. But they ne- but they never came out and said, like, we're really close. That, that, that never happened. That um, I recall. I don't recall that ever happening. And then it came out of the blue once they were kind of both, well, it wasn't the matchup that it would have been years earlier, right. but it ultimately that ended up being the best-case scenario because – it was built for so long that people just really wanted to see it, and it got the it got the, you know the. The draw. Yeah, now, the, I'm with you on that. It, it's, I still have, the doubts that the fight will ever happen. Yeah, I mean, I was pretty convinced like a couple of weeks ago, but the longer it goes, mm, I just, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if it we found out the next week or two, but I'm also less convinced that it'll happen than I was. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, just tell me when when, when the fight's going to happen. Yep. And then I'll tune in. Yeah. 
Jumping back into the UFC 210 card, we have Tiago Alves. Um, he is looking, really looking to rebound from. Um, this is his first two-fight losing streak since um, in this in this decade since 2010, and he is going to be fighting against one of the true veterans of the UFC, Patrick Cote who has been in there with just about everyone. Um, but he's also faced his share of, you know, he's had some good wins, but he's also lost a lot of, of uh, a lot of fights. So he's definitely a beatable foe. What do you, what are your, what are your thoughts on this fight? I, I agree. They, uh, this is a pretty evenly matched fight. Um, I think, Tiago needs this this victory more than uh, Cote does. Um, I don't even know who to call on this, but uh, yeah, we got to do our predictions. We, I was just going to say we didn't even get to that. So okay, let's jump back. Will Brooks, Charles Oliveira. Who do you got? What round? How? I'm going uh, Oliveira. Submission, second round. RNC. What kind of submission? Rear naked show. Yeah. Second round. Okay. I'm going to go with Will Brooks, and I'm going to go... Um, unanimous decision. So we got uh, Tiago and Cote. I'm going to go with... Uh, oh, we're doing prediction for it? We're not going to discuss the fight anymore? Oh, I thought we were doing prediction now and then coming back to talk. Oh. Yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. So you... I'm going to take a Tiago decision. Okay. Uh, unanimous or split? A unanimous split decision. That's not happening. A majority split. I'm gonna. You're the worst. Unanimous draw. That that was funny. You can laugh. I'm gonna pick Tiago as well, but I'm gonna say he gets a ch a choke. I'm gonna go with a second round, and it'll be a. Um, I don't know what kind of choke you want to go with. I was originally going to go with a, with a darts for Oliveira, head and arm triangle choke. All right. Okay, so we both picked Tiago, and we um, you picked him in the unanimous decision. And I got him in a second round triangle choke. And um, I don't know. Do you think Cote? Uh, how old is Cote? Cote is. Yeah. Cote is. He's younger than me. Well, that's. <clears throat> I believe he's younger than you also. 85 is not. Difficult to be younger than. 
I'm going to pull it up since you're taking so long. He is... 37. 37. I almost said he was younger than you. He has a February 29th birthday. Poor guy. Leap year day. So he's only like five years old. He's really divided by four. He's he's nine. He's He's nine years old. Nine birthdays in his entire life. Poor guy. That's he's that's talent. Yeah. For a nine year old. Yeah. So at nine years of age, he's he has fought in the UFC. How many times now? How many UFC fights has this guy got? Um, well, his overall record is 24 and 10. Yeah, <clears throat> most of those are in the UFC, I bet. So, yeah, a guy with a ton of experience. Taking a look at his, he most recently lost to Donald Cerrone. He, he lost to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson in 2014. He lost to Kung Lee in 2012. Lost to Tom Lawler, Ellen Belcher, and Anderson Silva in 2010 and 2008. Lost to Travis Luter, Chris Lieben, Joe Dirksen, Tito Ortiz. Um, in Who? The, Tito, Tito Ortiz. You know, Tito I've Ortiz. Heard, I've heard of him. We did a, a fan cast fight pass flashback with Tito Ortiz. Remember, that's the guy. Lost to all. Those are his losses. Um, he has beat names like Scott Smith, Kendall Grove, Drew McFedries, uh, K- Kaleeb Starnes. He has beaten uh, Kyle Noak, Joe Riggs, Josh Berkman, Ben Saunders. So he has his share of um, big name fights, but most of those fights, most of those big names we heard were 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 the ones he got, you know, on the on the losing end. So he hasn't really been able to to um, take that next step. And and that loss to Anderson Silva in two thousand and eight was a was a was a big one. He actually suffered a knee injury in that fight. Do you recall that where he just fell down um, mid mid fight or I think it was at the beginning mm. of the second round. Um, no third round. Um, it was kind of an odd ending to the fight. One of uh, I I thought the first round or the first couple rounds were a lot closer. And this is going by memory. And man, this has been um, almost ten years. Uh, but but going by memory, Anderson Silva, it was closer than I had thought it was going to be. And actually, today we are going to do a fight pass flashback, and that is going to be our fight. It's going to be Anderson Silva and Patrick Cote as we look forward to the UFC 210 card. Um, we will be we will be doing that a little later on in the show. We'll tell you how you can get a free week of Fight Pass and be a part of our FanCast Fight Pass flashback. Anything else you'd like to add to this? No, just... Um... I, I going back to what I said before. I think Alves really needs his victory. He's coming off of uh, two consecutive losses to uh, Miller and is a Condit. Um, it was Carlos Condit, but any real significant victory? I mean, he uh, his last victory was 2015 against Jordan Maine. 
Um, but prior to that, you got to go back to um, Josh Koscheck back in 2008. Who? Um, Josh, Josh Koscheck. And Matt Hughes right before that. So The Koscheck effect. I mean, we're talking about like 10 years, close to 10 years, since he's had a significant victory. You know, and sprinkled in there, there's been um, losses to uh, Fitch, Rick Story. Um, yeah, his... So just looking Martin at... Martin Campman. One, two, three, four, five, six... One, two, three, four, five... Six and... F- four and six in his last ten UFC mm-hmm. fights. And that all started with a fight against GSP for the belt. And since then, it's... Including that, he's four and six, and so that's not. Um, yeah, we might need to rethink that pick. He's not, well, he's beating the guys he should beat. Yeah, I'm saying based on motivation, I would think that he's got a lot more to lose with a loss here. Yeah, and and he hasn't really. I mean, all these guys are pretty good fighters. Um, so it's not like he has anything to be um, disgusted about. No. What 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 fight what um weight class is this fight at? Do you know that? Uh, this is at one seventy. Okay, good because because Tiago's had some trouble making one fifty five. When yeah, interesting enough, they are both one hundred and seventy pounds. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, it was the New York fight, Jim Miller, where Tiago did not make weight. And oh, Miller, that's right. Yes. Yeah, and they, uh, Miller. Miller had to gain weight, put right. weight on in order to make it so they, wasn't, they weren't 5%, 5% in their weight off. That's right. I so, remember that now. So Jim Miller had to like rehydrate himself before weigh-ins and drink a bunch of water and put weight on before he weighed in. Where they communicated, but uh, what's his name didn't even show up. Correct. Because he was he was really a fatty. And he and, and he and he well and now he's where he should be. Right. He should he should fight at fatty. He's he's looked pretty good. At what? At fatty. At 185. Yeah. So, so and for those of you out there who don't know we're talk, who we're talking about. Kelvin. Kelvin Fatty. Yeah. <laughs> Kelvin Fatty. Okay, so <laughs> honestly, I love the guy, but, you know, trip to New, you know, making the trip out to New York, and we wanted to see him fight, and he disappointed us, so we are, we're, we're allowed to give him a little hard time, right? Mm-hmm. It's all in fun. Kelvin Fatty. Anyway, <laughs> moving on the fight card. So Cynthia Calvillo made her UFC debut only one short month ago, mm-hmm. and she went into the into UFC 209 um, on short notice. Took a fight on short notice and went in there and really impressed. Some very she slick, wrecked a joint. Some very slick skills. From this alpha male young lady, 
And uh, she really made a name for herself. So much so that she's getting this opportunity on another short notice card. The UFC must really like her because, you know, to put her up in this uh, right before Weidman and... Um, and uh, Musasi, right? The placement of it, yeah. To put to put them in this place to put be on the main card, not on the prelims, and they're really they're really investing in her and um, and looking to see what she can do with someone else on their UFC debut at this time. That's Pearl Gonzalez, and she lost her first MMA fight. And since then, she's reeled off six straight wins and has been very impressive in the process. I don't know much about Pearl. Yeah. Um, but. Well, they make necklaces. Is that what? Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Calvillo's fighting a necklace? Well, no. I said they pearls make necklaces. Like, you know, you could make a necklace out of pearls. Well, and so how does that factor into the fight? Well, I'm I'm saying that 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 Calvillo is going. My prediction right now is saying that Calvillo is going to reward the UFC for their investment in her by placing her in the third, in the middle of this this pay per view card, and I'm going to say that. Ryan's prediction is going to be Calvillo by first round and she's going to submit her with a um, I'll go real naked real naked choke you know I, do, I don't know much about Pearl only just reading up on her um, but on a six-fight win streak, um, she's got three first-round finishes. One of those victories is a win over a UFC uh, vet. Um, I'm going with Pearl. And I'm giving you diamonds and pearls. I like it. Would you be a How's she going to do this, dude? Come on, bruh. I'm going to say first round finish. Yeah, of course, if it's first round, it's going to be a finish. What kind of finish? That I'm not sure of. Okay. Can I get back to you on that? You won't get any points. I'm awarding you no points, and may God have (laughs) mercy on your soul. (laughs) Okay, so if I get it right, how many points do I get? There's... Oh, give one me point. one thousand points for this. I'll give if, you one thousand. If I get my right, I get a million though. If you get it wrong, I get your million. No, you get a half. Plus a my okay, I'll take it. <laughs> so I get five hundred thousand plus my what's, one thousand. What, what's what's your um, prediction? Are you I'm gonna say fists. Uh, first round. Yeah. TKO KO. TKO. Okay. Yeah. Um, a, a KO falls under TKO. Right. So we don't discriminate those. Net, the co-main event of the evening 
This is a sticky one. This is a tough one. Mm -hmm. Number four versus number five in the middleweight division. We have Chris Weidman, who was undefeated, 13-0, middleweight champion, future of the division, future longtime champion. And guess what? Other plans were made, and this division's been on rocky soil ever since. There's been no stability in the division because Michael Bisbing is now the champion. And so... Yeah, how crazy is that? It's crazy. It just it, it doesn't make sense. But, you know, we've talked about Bisping in the past and, um, and actually have given him credit for what he's done, especially at his age. And... But it's just it's it's odd, really, to still be thinking of him as the champ when we got all that other talent that's, in that division that's better than him. Yeah, like clearly. Hey, mad props to him. Yeah, I mean, he has the best boxing in the in the division, and he has some good Muay Thai. He has a good clinch game. And he has really good takedown defense. I mean, I he's shown he can take a punch. Yeah. Well, not uh, not an H bomb. Well, he survived one of them. Well, he survived. Was a it a full H bomb? In well, the last, it couldn't fight? have been. It couldn't have been. Yeah. Because we saw what happened when he got a full one. It was that face that after he, <laughs> well, his face is going. He didn't look good. He didn't. But he avenged that loss from UFC 100 mm-hmm. at UFC. So what we saw. What number was that? What number did did Bisping beat Hendo at? Uh, it's 204. Oh. Wait, it was. Um... Yeah, I think you're right. I think it was 204. Wow, that's a good memory. I'm gonna say you are right, but I, I'm not 100 percent sure. So I will. Pull 205 it up. New York, 206 was uh, Toronto. Huh? 207 was Vegas. Yeah, so 204. It was 204. Yeah, you're correct. October 8th, Manchester, yep. England. Attendance was 16,000. A gate of almost two million, which is very impressive. Yeah, and the crazy thing about that is our time was we saw that fight at like midnight or something like that. No. Yeah, it was roughly like eleven p.m. to midnight, or maybe even a little later. But for them, that was like beginning of the morning. Oh yeah, because they had it in the normal East Coast time. Yeah. I don't know how... Yeah. How do you prepare for that? You just... When you fly... Like, he lives here now. So when he flies back over, you just stay on East Coast time. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think you would just have to. You'd just be awake when you'd normally be yeah. awake at home. It would take some adjustment, that's for sure. Because when you get over there, you're going to want to get accustomed to... The schedule there, yeah. But then that fight night, 
I hate you saying it. Yeah. It's really, really. But off. both both guys have to deal with it, so you just hope you deal with it in a good way. Yeah. It's not a factor. So Weidman is a slight favorite in this one. Yeah. What is what are the odds? Are you looking at? Them? I think he's like plus one hundred. If he's plus one hundred, then it's plus one hundred is even. I I can't find the odds again, but I th- thought that that's what I saw it at. Minus 100 and plus 100 are the same thing. It might have been uh, 102, something like that. It was it was something odd where the edge was uh, given to Weidman. Same thing with DC. Yeah. But Weidman, um, you know, he's a guy I'm a big fan of, and I want to see him win. I wanted to see him win in, in 205 and saw a devastating knockout. I'd love to see him bounce back and get a win. He does have a tendency um, of, you know, showing up in big fights, and then and then and then he had two big fights that he that he, you know, lost devastatingly to, um, particularly the last one against Yoel Romero at two hundred five. I mean, that was a brutal loss, but he's back in his home state. And, um, you know, looking to, to avenge those losses. Is, is, is Weidman hungrier now than he's ever been? That's the question. Because I think if he gets that hunger back, I think he's, he's a, the top guy or a top guy. I think he's not number five. He's number one or two. I, I think that because of his age... Um, and still how relatively new to the sport that he is. I mean, I'm, you know, saying new, the guy's, you know, got 15 fights under his belt. But um, I, he's a young guy, and I think he's still got that motivation. Yeah. But I mean, this, is, this is a fight that is really, really going to test him. We all knew with Romero what the chances were there of one big shot ending the fight, which it did. And we, we talked about Romero gassing, you know, with as big as he was and, you know, his muscles needing all that oxygen that he was going to gas at some point, and that's where Weidman would take advantage of him. And it didn't, it didn't work out that way. And it seemed like as the fight went on, Romero got stronger. Well, I, I don't necessarily think that Weidman made him work as much as he should have and needed to. I thought in the first round, there were points in the first round where Weidman was, was thought, oh, I need, to, I need to keep the pressure up. But I think for the most mm-hmm. part in the first round, he just let the round kind of dictate itself and was not consciously pushing the action and making Romero work hard. And I remember saying that when we were there. I'm like, he's got to make him work harder. Got make him work harder. Um, and and I don't think he did that. And so I think Romero got away easy because you know Weidman. He didn't push the pace. No, I didn't push the pace enough. And I think he is the the stamina and the and the ability to do that. And to do that well. Right. So with uh, with Musasi, I think that's what he needs to do is he's got to be the one that is 
you know, making his opponent move towards the cage. Um, with Musasi, his last two victories, he was definitely the aggressor, and he just kept on moving forward and eventually got two big knockouts with with those two victories. I don't. And he's got three knockouts in a row too. Who was who's the one before uh, Hall? Uh, Vitor Belfort. Okay, so I had them backwards. So it was uh, Hall, Belfort, and then who was before uh, him? Uh, Santos, Tiago Santos. Okay. And then Thales Leites. So I I see this one. If it's a victory for Weidman, it's going to go to a decision. Um, but if if uh, Musasi is able to move forward and get Weidman going back, I don't think that it, the fight would end well or in favor for uh, for Weidman. With that said, though, I'm going with Weidman in a decision. So, Weidman's beat TKO'd Vitor Belfort with punches. He's KO'd Anderson Silva with punches. Um, he dominated Leota Machida. Um, he knocked out Mark Munoz with elbows and punches. Damian Maya, he won a unanimous decision that he very smoothly won that decision. Okay, so there's a good there's a perfect example of what his fight should be, what his fight plan should be against Musasi. Um I'm not necessarily comparing Musasi and Maya as far as skills. Yeah, um two different fighters, but Damian Maya is a beast when it comes to to grappling, jujitsu. Correct. Um, Musasi, I think, is a strong grappler, but um, he's got knockout power. But he had, he controlled the tempo of the fight against Maya, uh-huh. and he was able. I mean, he was able to keep from getting in a bad position. So if he can fight that same style. You know, maybe there's the opening for um, for knockout. Um, yeah, until recently, um, I didn't really think of Musasi as a heavy-handed guy. But, but he, he trucked through Belfort. Yeah, but but you know because he was always a guy that was getting the guillotines, the rear naked chokes. He was getting a lot of chokes. Before that, through his UFC career and and in uh, and in Strike Force and and back in his um, dream days, um, with the occasional knockout or TKO from punches, but those were typically against guys that were, um, you know, not at the level that you know he obviously is, and so I think. So take a look at mm. from 2013 on. He has a rear naked choke, unanimous decision, rear naked choke, punches, unanimous decision, unanimous decision, punches, punches, punches. 
Those are his methods of victory. Um, with his losses, he lost to Uriah Hall with that flying knee and the follow-up to that. He lost to uh, Souza with a guillotine choke. And he lost to Machida, a uh, unanimous decision. I don't... I see him as like a complete fighter. I see him as a guy that's very similar to Weidman in the sense that, yes, he has his strengths, but he's very well-rounded. And there's not one area where you, like, see a weakness and you attack that. Yeah. Um, because I think if if Weidman thinks he can just take him down and ground and pound him, and Weidman's very good at that, but if he thinks that's going to be easy, I would say that there's some danger there. And I, I just don't... These are the kind of guys that I don't see there being one weakness that you can go after. Just like just like Weidman. If you're preparing for Weidman, you can't make your game plan based around his weakness at all because he's not weak anywhere. Now, you may have a strength that you could base your, your game plan on, but it's only because that's your strength and not because it's his weakness. Well, I I guess um, what I what I would say would be Weidman's weakness, and you got to get in to get this. Is maybe he's got a soft chin now, you know, with two in a row. Granted, they were against you know guys that uh, had that power, but I I mean we talked about um, the the Rockhold fight. I remember before that fight. Um, you were saying that you didn't feel good about it, that you thought it was a bad matchup. I did think it was a bad matchup. And and look what happened. Yeah. Now, I think if that rematch were to ever take place and, again, I'd be leaning in Weidman's favor um, for that because I think he would learn what... I mean, Rockhold had one thing in mind and he was you know, going to use uh, kicks to set up the knockout yeah um but well, that would be the only weakness that i would see in weidman and if musashi can get inside then he's going to be susceptible to to getting knocked out i'm not saying he doesn't have a weakness in like that he's like unbeatable i'm just saying you can't base your strategy on and i don't think he has a weak chin i think you know Y'all Romero came in with a flying knee, perfectly timed, and and Weidman was crouching down to avoid a strike and <laughs> face planted his face into a knee that was flying at him. So it was impressive. Know, it was awesome. It was perfect timing, and it silenced the crowd. <laughs> well, it, it it hurt because he's a guy that you know a lot of that 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 crowd was, was very New York, fond of, yeah. and and so. Um, so yeah, it was a painful thing to watch, as as a fan of his. So where are you where are you at with this? Um, I'm gonna go with uh, with Weidman on a decision. Okay, Weidman unanimous decision. Unanimous. Okay. I think there's gonna be lots of ground and pound. 
Lots of ground and pound, huh? I'm going to say that it's going to be much like the Mark Munoz fight. I'm going to say Weidman, second round, ground and pound, hmm. not uh, TKO strikes. That's my prediction for that one. And rounding out is the, and, and we are running a little short on time here, rounding out the card is the main event, Daniel Cormier, Cormier um, who's looking to extend his title reign with another win over the incredibly powerful and the extremely dangerous Anthony Rumble Johnson. The rematch of all rematches. Anthony, John, you know what Anthony Johnson said? And this was um, something that made me realize, like, you know, you don't really think of Anthony Johnson like this. He said, I have been obsessed with beating Daniel Cormier, Cormier um, ever since that fight. He said, I'm obsessed with it. So what is he going to do differently this time? Well, did you, have you, so since that fight, have you watched the fight again? Or have you watched? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he had a lot of success. In the first round? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He almost knocked him out. Right. He, he had him. But, so watch that fight again and watch everything he throws. In the first round, he is putting 100% of effort into it, and and that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. You you can't go. Forgive the expression. No, I'm not going to say it. You can't go full throttle um, for five minutes and expect that not to catch up with you. You got to reserve yourself. You got to. Jab, you got to have, you know, your your lower um, percentage shots not be your full power. You're going to wear yourself out. He wore himself out, and he said on the, and this may or may not make a difference, but he said on the, um, uh, what's the show where they preview the fights to build it? Embedded. Embedded. Yeah, on the embedded show, he said. Or maybe it was the, the countdown show. One of the two. Either embedded or countdown. He said, so yeah, second round came around. And this is Anthony Johnson. I'm oh, I think it was on countdown. He said, so the second round comes around. And yeah, you took down a tired Anthony Johnson. But you didn't take me down when I wasn't tired. And so I think the key for him is going to be... Pace himself. Pace himself to... Be very conscious of paying attention to how likely he is to end the fight, and when he's not, then to pull back and to not let it all go. Um, but when he has that moment, he he needs to pounce on it. If he doesn't get it, then he might be done. That's the scary part. So the one thing that he's got to use to his advantage 
<clears throat> really would be two things, but they're tied together. He's got a reach advantage. I think he's got like a six-inch reach advantage. Yeah. Keep him, you know, you got to keep DC off of you. He's going to come in. You, I don't know. How much do you think he's going to put on um, from way into the fight? DC? DC? 20 pounds? both put on a lot of weight. I think they'll both put on 20 pounds. So, now, Cormier, though. Who? Cormier. Cormier, I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, you got to stop mispronouncing his name. His Denial Cor- Cormier, right? Denial, Denial Cormier. Okay. So, smaller guy coming in at, let's just say he weighs in at, or not weighs in, but he comes into the fight 20 pounds heavier. So, he's like 225. I'll even go 230. With a, a smaller frame, that 230 pounds on top of you is a lot different than if you stretch that out, you know, to somebody who's six inches taller and 230 pounds. It's more evenly distributed. He's a top-heavy guy, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And if he's if, a compact 230 or 225. He carries his weight well. Yeah. So it's just that's that's a lot of weight to be carrying on you if you got to be on your back and try and get out from under that. And I don't know how you prep for that, but I just I mean he's he's an all-American wrestler, he's a world-class wrestler, DC. I just I see it going his way again. As much as I want I like both of them. You know, and I I think what you said This is the John Jones Bowl, let's be honest. This is the this is the fight that both of them have to win to fight John Jones, and they both want this fight because you got John Jones coming back in July, whenever. Yeah, for a heavyweight, heavyweight fight. No. Yeah, I thought that he was coming back as a heavyweight. No. No. That was an April Fool's Day joke by what? Who did that? John Jones is. That he was coming, that he had a fight book for July. Uh-huh. Yeah, that was an April Fool's Day joke against Cain uh, Velasquez. Yeah, yeah, that was April right. Fool's. Yeah. And did you get anyone on, on April Fool's Day? I didn't try. My kids were all over it. I I, I I should say I tried, but I tricked my wife. I can't tell you what it was. I'll tell you off the air, but it was good. <laughs> was she happy? Um, it was good. Okay. It wasn't a happier, no, but it was good. Remind me to tell you off the air. All right. Um, so let's go with predictions. Here it is. UFC 210 main event, Daniel Cormier, Cormier versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. I'm going to take Denial Cormier. Um... I'm going to say third round TKO. Okay. I am going to take Cormier. Cormier. Um, I'm going to go 
fourth round. And let's say, I think he's going to get his back and just start pummeling his head about, and the referee will step in. So we're going to say um, TKO punches. And yours was TKO. Do you think he's going to... Punches. You think it's standing or... Well, no, I think same thing. Kind of smothers him, ground and pound, yeah. yeah. Do you think he does it from mount or from the back? From the back. Oh, so we both picked the yeah. same thing. We just picked it a round apart. So I get he... five million points if I'm right. This is for... Five million five points. Five million points. Plus, um, I get your 500,000 if you're wrong. We are running over time here. Okay. And what, what we're going to do is um, we are not going to have a fan cast flashback this week. But we will bring that back to you in two weeks. Um, we may, we're may we probably going to record two weeks from tonight. Uh, once I get back in the country after Easter. So this is our last episode until after Easter. We will be back to you after that. Um, and we will have a fan cast flashback for you there. In case you're wondering, what you're listening, you're saying, what's this fan cast flashback they're talking about? It's very simple. We have a segment that we normally do, but we're out of time here today. And we take a look at a classic or a, some relevant fight from the past. And we po- push the pause button on the podcast. We have you push the pause button on the podcast. You go to UFC Fight Pass, you watch the fight, we watch the fight, we analyze it, we talk about it. You can send your emails, you can send your tweets, and let us know what you thought of our analysis of the fight. But this week we're not going to do it, we'll do it next week. But some of you are saying, well, okay, that's all great, but I don't have UFC Fight Pass, so that's not for me. Nope, that is wrong. That is for you as well. Because what you can do is... You can go log on to octagon247.com. That's our website for MMA FanCast. You log on. That's octagon247.com. You go on any page. There's our logo in the top left-hand corner that says Octagon247. And right next to it is a banner that you click. You get a free week of UFC Fight Pass when you sign up. And you can, for free, join us for MMA uh, to join us for our fancast flashback. And so um, we look forward to you. You can do that now. Um, you can do that at any time. But another thing you got to do, you got to subscribe. You got to rate us and review us. Give us a five-star rating. Give us a review. Write a, write a quick review for us. That helps us to be able to keep coming back to you week in, week out. Um and yeah, it keeps the lights on, right? And yes, keeps, it does. keeps that podcast um, website up for you where we can, that can host our website and keep rocking and rolling. Isn't that right, Jim? That is correct. So, Sahara, Sahara, do me a favor. Will you sign us off? Sign off MMA Fancast for us. I could do that. All right, let's do it. So we appreciate you hanging around, uh, going into overtime with us. But um, what, what was the fight that that you wanted? Are we still going to stick with Patrick Cote? Uh, we'll see. I think that's a good one. 
So if you want a little teaser, you can go ahead and check that out and then catch up with us in two weeks. But we're going to sign off right now. We're going to wish, I hope that everybody has a very blessed Easter, Easter weekend. Um, And we'll see you in two weeks. Two weeks. Ta-ta. God bless. TTFN. Thank you.